This podcast is called Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest get some secrets off their chest. You should listen. It's the best. Hello and welcome to Obsessed with me, Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm sitting in my home with the other person who lives here and is the other person on this podcast. It's Sarah Scrimshaw. Hello. Hello. How are you? (laughs) You know. Yeah. I think I'm going to leave it at that. (laughs) I do. We had a big choice uh, to make this week. We've kind of, uh, we've fallen off our schedule. Things are a little difficult, but we had a big choice to make this week, you know, during our strange pandemic times on this podcast. Sometimes you and I are like, you know what? There's something big going on in the world. We just need to address it, you know, from the, the perspective that we're obsessing on. And other times, like, well, maybe we should just have some escapism. And uh, it, it, it was a hard choice this week <laughs> <laughs> about whether to lean in or whether to have a little bit of escapism. Yeah. Uh, but then I realized that I am kind of obsessing about something uh, not out of choice, but uh, out of literal physical reality. And I realized that might be a fun topic uh, to discuss. So uh, we're not going to discuss uh, the horrors going on in the real world unless, well, maybe somebody will think this topic is horrible. I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> but the thing we're going to obsess over this week is hair. Are you are you excited to talk about hair? I am. <laughs> you, you don't have to be. I'm, no, I'm, I'm very excited. I'm, I'm excited to find out what you think, what I think, what, you know, what we're going to talk about. What our hair thinks? Yeah. Our sentient hair? I, I put my hair up in like a little boppy hairstyle, also known as how it usually is when it's up uh but i feel like it's giving excla- extra exclamation to uh to my excitedness about this yeah topic. it is it is bopping a little bit there yeah. uh, on the top and this is really fun because you know you and i have been together long enough i think that there are kind of parts of one another's lives or specific memories like oh yeah of course yes but then every once in a while something on the podcast comes up of like we've just never thought to talk about this really specific detail <laughs> of this larger topic and I realized when I was writing up some questions of that there are some questions about your hair that I don't know. I might not get a hundred percent on a your hair quiz. Oh well, well, welcome to you know learning more about each other. <laughs> Another uh, possible alternate title for the podcast. So basically, the reason that it occurred to me to think about this is I am going on this weird hair journey for myself. I have not had a haircut since February, late February of 2020. So we're getting very close to a year. Uh, so my hair is getting, uh, you know, it was it was a couple different lengths when it started, uh, but the back is getting a little, is getting shoulder length, and the bangs are are very long. So uh, I think for me the weird thing about it is, it, I think my hair right now is very sort of early 90s grunge. Uh, that's the association that I make because that's when I grew up, and the reason I make that association is because I had this hair. <laughs> In the early 90s on purpose, and now I have it because of a pandemic, and I just felt kind of weird about it because it felt like the kind of hair I would grow if I were having a midlife crisis, mm. and then the pandemic just sort of forced me to grow it because I didn't, even in the brief window that uh, that you could go to stylist, I just, I wanted to be extra careful mm-hmm. uh, for myself and to do what little I could for society, to not, you know, take any risk of spreading it, uh, so I didn't get it. And then I, as you know, from being in our home, I was kind of having anxiety with not being, not wanting to take selfies uh, for social media and then realizing like I'm, it's got to a length that I can't really hide it on a Zoom call anymore <laughs> kind of length. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and I think I had, I had this weird feeling about it because I feel like it looks like a midlife crisis, but I had this wonderful uh, experience of when I posted it, people were like, no, that's just a good, it's a good hairstyle. It, it works on you. Keep it, like it, you know? Uh, so that's, that was a nice relief for me, but it's still just kind of uh, weird to feel like my hair is traveling in time and I didn't make the choice. <laughs> the <laughs> pandemic made the choice. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I mean, in some ways, what a great excuse for your hair to consider whether or not it wants to have a midlife crisis to just be like, I'm having a pandemic crisis. Yeah, And in various versions, many other people are or have. And, you know, so it's kind of like group crisis together. <laughs> and so everybody's maybe a little bit more willing to just take it for what it is. And um, and the, the response uh, has been very positive to your hair. I like your hair. Well, that's one of the most important things to me that you like it. Because honestly, like social media, was it's great. And you were like, ugh, 
come on. <laughs> <laughs> then I would, uh, then we would maybe do some home haircutting. Yep. Yeah. We've got, you know, I, I have haircutting scissors. Don't worry, not paper cutting scissors, actual specific <laughs> haircutting scissors. Um, and, you know, we've thought about it a few times. But yeah. So far, yeah, because that was the that I was getting to that point of like, all right, I'm, I'm gonna start hacking, uh, either hack or reveal, hack <laughs> or deal with in some way. Uh, yeah, and I think for me, you know, I, I, I grew out a beard too, so like at different points in my life, I've had long hair because I really wanted long hair. Uh, and at different points in my life, I've had a goatee or a beard for a long time. And just several years ago, I just was kind of like, I just want to be clean shaven. I want to feel clean shaven. Uh, you know, styled my hair with with gel so that it was, you know, just kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I, I meant that like literally physically clean, tidy. neat, tidy, mm-hmm. tidy. But I, it sounded like I was like a little kid from the 50s. <laughs> my hair is neat. Uh, it, it, so I didn't ever think I had different periods of like I have been clean shaven and had a neat, tidy hair for a long time. Uh, should I? Should, should I ever grow a beard again? Will I ever grow my hair again? And I would kind of look in the mirror and go, nah. So it's just very weird that I thought about it. And then it's just like, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah. It's just, eh, I feel like I like my look. And now <laughs> here we are. <laughs> there is so much more hair on my entire head and face. Yeah. Well, sometimes. I... Sorry. No, no. I want I want to hear what you were going to finish. So much more I, hair then. Then, <laughs> then it's humanly bothered. Then I thought there would be. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we get to go on unexpected journeys sometimes in life. Yes, we do. So that's my unexpected hair journey. That's why I'm obsessing. But I realized it was a good opportunity to ask you just some questions about hair as a topic. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's go back like we do to the beginning. Uh, When you were growing up, was your hair important to you? Did you have strong opinions about it, like as a a kid? Um, I think... I don't remember having really strong opinions about my hair when I was quite young, but I think I probably, I think I did. Um, when I was young, my, uh, my mom often cut my hair and I remember at one point being like, why, why, why was this the hairstyle choice? She's like, oh, you wanted it. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, what, what was it? I, it was just a little bit more of like a bowl cut than, than, you know, and I was like, by then I was like 11, like, why would I have had that hair when I was six? Or oh, what? got it. You know, it was it. like okay. very, very young. Um, the, so two things uh, that I do remember about my hair. So when I was in um, preschool and kindergarten, so very young, I had uh, my best friend. Her name was also Sarah. Okay. And we looked vaguely similar. Like, not really, but, you know. We Enough were, that like inattentive adults would not. Meh, maybe, maybe not. But we we happened to own one dress that was the same before we knew each other. Okay. Um, and we had vaguely similar colored hair, and we were you know at that point in our lives around the same height, and like you know you're four. Those yeah. are kind of the things that matter. So I I think like I we also happen to have similar haircuts, and I think probably for at least a year I was like, oh no, I, we need to keep having the same haircut <laughs> in case we want to like. Pretend we're the same person. Did you ever go through with it, or was it just like a fantasy that you could do some sort of like twin switch? Um, I mean, I think we tried to do like play little jokes on our teachers and things, but like we were not <laughs> remotely that close to looking alike. Okay. So it was just kind of like, okay, look at the hopefully adorable but possibly annoying little four year olds who think they look the same. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no. four year old. Okay. We're talking four real and five. Young. Okay. Yeah, four real and young. five. Okay. Real, real, real young. Um, yeah, so I, but other than that, like kind of at that age, I didn't have lots of opinions about my hair. I'd say my hair opinions kind of started around age like nine or 10. Okay. And were you always, you were always blonde, right? So I've got this color hair that, uh, everybody that I talk to tells me my hair is a different color. Um, (laughs) and it has always been that way. It was lighter when I was, when I was younger. Um, so when I was younger, I would call it blonde, but it was, I I was never like a light blonde. It was, I was kind of dark blonde okay uh, dishwater blonde if you will <laughs> it's gotten dirtier and dirtier dishwater <laughs> over the years um where do you have any idea where the term dishwater blonde comes from and if it is an accurate description or because i grew up kind of thinking like oh yeah that that's a term and then when i first went to say it to somebody i was like that feels horrible i can't say that out loud to a person about a part of their body you have your dishwater blonde yeah yeah no i mean it, it does i've often called it that myself um 
because like what I'm going to say my hair is caramel colored. I mean, that's a good color for a hair color, but I'm not going to say that. I'm going to call you blonde caramel from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it's been, you know, kind of in various uh, lighter, darker shades of this color family. It lightens a lot if I'm in the sun. Okay. All right. And did you, uh, I, I asked because I, when I was a little kid, I was blonde, like just totally blonde, blonde. Mm-hmm. And it was a part of, I, I think, not in any intellectual way, but just in an emotional way, uh, my connection with Luke Skywalker, that mm-hmm. he was so like me, he was uh, thin and blonde, you know, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and that's a lot of why, I, you know, he was he was a hero in the 80s that I could even vaguely see myself in. Like, I remember, like, early on, like, look in my life when I was, like, very, very young, like, looking at a picture of a Han in, in like, a storybook and then looking in the mirror and going, like, whoa, that's not me. Like, <laughs> wow. I don't look anything like that. But Luke, <laughs> like, Luke. And I think uh, I've said this before on the podcast of, you know, my brother and I and my brother's three years older and kind of split things up. So, you know, I got Kirk. He got Spock. Um I, he took on. I wanted Luke. <laughs> Sometimes it was an amicable choice. Other times there were some uh, assignments <laughs> going on. Uh, but I think I was just kind of aware of that. You can be blonde or you can be brunette. Like, and I felt like, oh, I I'm, I took notice of when a character was blonde because then they they were a little bit more like me. Mm-hmm. And then it just changed. Yeah. And then I just kind of still thought of myself as blonde, but then I would look in the mirror and just go like, oh, well, I'm not blonde anymore, huh? Did that affect you? Uh, I think so. I think in a weird way that I still like sometimes I think that like I associate with a blonde character and like, but you're not blonde and you haven't been for many, many years, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I think it's just that early, you know, uh, I think it's why. It's so I think why um, even the most simple reason why representation is important is because there's just something like strange and magical about seeing someone that you think y- y- looks like you. That you're mm-hmm. connected to it, it just it I think it, it, it creates a bond between you and the character and makes you feel seen yeah you know it, you don't have to intellectualize any of it it's emotional you know and I think that just really strongly happened to me with uh blonde characters mm-hmm. so I was curious if you had anything like that where you looked at people on television shows or older kids that you looked up to and like wanted to make some sort of hair connection Ooh, you know I mean I think I think I probably did. I don't have any great examples of that like like you do, but I feel like um but yeah, I feel like I did probably lean a little bit more in that direction. In the in, in the, the blonde direction. In the blonde direction. <laughs> yeah. I also when I was young, so I think I've I've talked about this before. I um I have a lot of Nordic blood, Norwegian and Swedish and connected to that side of my family a lot early on and kind of so I think part of it was that too of like I want to look like I'm Swedish okay so that so so, I think that was a a lot of it as well like if I like look at all these you know toehead you know blonde blonde blonder than I ever was yeah but look at them um so you felt like an attachment to your actual heritage yeah I mean I think I I think I wanted to be blonder than I was so that people would think I was Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> so you wanted people to just stop on the street and go, wow, Swedish. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, well, that, that makes sense. Uh, so my culture is basically Star Wars. <laughs> I, have, I have some other cultural associations, but you know, I think that is a part of the power of pop culture that if you don't have a strong connection to your real world heritage mm-hmm. you know it wasn't a huge focus of growing up for me so i think that is part of it yeah that it, yeah it, that it fills that vacuum yeah i think that's fascinating i mean and this is a very a light thing that i've never thought about before yeah, so i yeah. don't think it was really strong you said that you started to care more when you were uh, a little older mm-hmm. uh, you say like nine or ten yeah okay so uh, how did that care manifest what did you care about um i think i mean i think i kind of was just around that age caring a little bit more about some of those things in general but I that's when I remember having opinions about my haircut I think I did before that that I just don't remember but um like I remember not wanting to have too much of my hair be bangs okay um, and 
I liked having my hair in French French braids and things like that. Did you ever have bangs? Oh, yeah. Okay. Tell me about your bangs experience. (laughs) I I mean, because I I know you moved around schools a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that sometimes there's a lot of, you know, uh, judgment in schools, either strong opinions about hair based on trends or, you know, that kind of thing. So... I want to hear if the bangs were like how how you felt about them and if like kind of where bangs sat in your cultural experience. Like mm-hmm. were they a thing that like everybody's got them right now or were they, you know, what was going on? Yeah. So I think I evolved from kind of some version of bowl cut that little kids have to something that included bangs and longer hair in the back. Okay. And then fewer bangs in the front, um, but still bangs. And... um I think by the time we were moving around a lot, I was, I felt like my hair was on point. <laughs> I don't know that everybody else thought that, but I was like, I, that wasn't, I had plenty of other things that I was concerned about, but like my hair was not my concern. Okay. Um, And then, you know, certainly like the bangs of, do you have big, ba- I, I was never like a big giant bangs person, but I certainly did have the one curl up, one curl down. Okay. Look. <laughs> uh, and then I, uh, one year I was like, you know what? I'm going to grow out my bangs. And so over the summer, I grew out my bangs and haven't had them again since. <laughs> so how so old? For farewell bangs. <laughs> how old were you when you said farewell bangs? I think it was the summer between eighth and ninth grade. Okay. And you, and you, was there any point in the sort of the, the junior high to high school phase of life where you felt any sort of pressure about what your hair should be to, to fit in with? the people oh. you were hanging out with or that kind of thing. Of course. Okay, well, tell me about that. <laughs> I mean, I had one part of my, I mean, but I also like, I was so much in it that I don't know that I really thought about it. It was just like, okay, well, of course, we're all doing one one curl up and one curl down. And and some people, you know, hair would get higher and higher and mine was sometimes kind of high. And I, at the time, just to be clear, because most people only know me with long hair, I had super short hair. Okay. So when you say super short, you super mean short, like shoulder like, length, right? N- Chin length. Chin length. Okay. Like, um, and sometimes, like, as as short as I could get it at the time, so kind of um, jaw. Like, okay. So my, my actual chin would have been sometimes below, somewhere between jaw and chin. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, like, well above my shoulders. So you can okay. see, like, um, hair stylists sometimes hated cutting my hair because my hair, especially then, was very thick and very straight. And no matter how many times they would try to keep all the little pieces from not being different lengths. There would like always be one that would just suddenly like I'd move my head. They're like, where's that one come from? <laughs> so um, short enough to be able to tell that. So I had, you know, short hair, bangs, whole, whole nine yards um, and enjoyed that a lot. And then I think I don't honestly remember what, I think something happened to cause me to try to not have bangs or something. Like, I don't know if I was in a show and needed to not have bangs or something. And so I was like, oh, well, that would be an interesting thing to try. So then I tried it. And then I do remember one of my cousins um, that I didn't see very often, like my hair was starting to grow out. And she's like, oh, that would I would think that would be the coolest thing ever if my hair would go in front of my face the way yours does. And she was older than me and cooler than me. And I was like, Awesome. I'm doing that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, did you ever get feedback from that person? They're like, that is awesome. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't see her. I've taught her like m- every five years or something. Every so probably years. by the time I saw her again, she was like, I'm sorry, what, Sarah? <laughs> okay. So you, you, did you start, once you said uh, farewell bangs, did you start growing it out longer? When did, when did your, the entire time that I have known you, even before we were partner friends, <laughs> Uh, and we started dating, uh, you've had generally longer hair, like usually past your shoulders. Yeah. Um, when did that begin for you? Yeah. So I think actually this whole, I think my hair started growing out in eighth grade and probably my bangs were around there too. And also, I mean, honestly, part of it for me has always been because I was always dancing. Right. And at that point I was doing, um, a lot of ballet and, my hair does not like to be contained. Um, some people could get away with some version of a short hairstyle that would then somehow stay in place. But like I was the person whose 
bun would fall out even though I had probably 40 bobby pins in it. And Are you like, serious? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I finally figured it out, but it took me a while. And part of it is that my hair just really wanted to be straight. So would they? Would you be like ballet dancing across? Ballet dancing. Yeah, ballet dancing. I, I thought I said belly dancing. <laughs> ballet dancing mm-hmm. uh, across the floor and just pins were flying? Um, on at least uh, at least two different dress rehearsals for recitals. Yes. <laughs> Not and I would be spinning, like doing turns, and then suddenly my hair would just go Frunk, and there'd be like pins everywhere. Which is horribly dangerous for the other yeah, dancers. No, I too. know, but it's a so, cool visual. Yeah, yeah. I was always getting um chased after backstage by the the dippity doo moms. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Which phrase? is uh dippity doo is a type of gel okay. that they used to do. And if you had like little wispies, like you live with me. My hair always has wispies. I in yeah. fact was on Zoom meetings today and it's like my hair still like it was being wispy. Um, and that's not what you're supposed to, that's not the look. Was that a known ballet. phrase? Did the dippity doo moms know that they were thought of as <laughs> dippity doo moms? I don't know, but that's what we, <laughs> the students called them. But they would always like be after me. I'd be like, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. Let me go get my hairspray. Cause it would weight my hair and then my hair would fall down more. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, Back I did off, ultimately get some. Yeah. 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 Nice. But no, I've got strong sense memories of trying to hide from the dippity doo moms okay so I, i'm sorry guy there's <laughs> so many wonderful details that i needed to hear more about uh so you were saying that you w- wanted to be aware of dancing is that you grew it out longer i think i you know i don't honestly this is so crazy i don't remember the impetus for growing out my hair i know it was really short at the beginning of eighth grade and i'm pretty sure by the end of eighth grade it was long so somewhere in there I must have made a choice. Um, and I I don't know if... And I think it it wasn't to do with fashion because I want to say like then in ninth and 10th grade when I was like, oh, I finally have long hair. Like all of the cool kids were cutting their hair. And I was like, oh, well, too late. Now I need my hair long for dance. And like ever since then, every time I get my hair cut, um, I often would be like, you know, like when I would try to get different things in the front, I'd be like, well, you still have to, I still have to make sure it's long enough that I can bring it you know bring it back into a ponytail right um because it wasn't just about performances you know i was in class like four or five days a week and i had to be able to have it out of my face yeah did you ever uh wear your hair so as to have it in your face on purpose oh yeah i mean especially that age i was a great um cousin it (laughs) yeah yeah oh yeah i mean not like in class because that you need to see but no i i had perfect hair for a cousin it not it, that long obviously and you, so you just did it like playfully playfully okay at parties okay it was my party trick it was your party trick okay good good yeah because i mean i think part of this for me my emotional reaction is you know that i like the long hair so i could put it in my face in a a, a slightly like uh grumpy i don't want to deal with the world you know teen younger person type thing like all cover all of your face or just like a little bit in front of your eye what the, was your the goal? hang down in front of the eye yeah like i never did the the real skater thing of like i'm gonna really be uh you know well i'll say that that was what these skaters did and skater kids did in minneapolis of so the real affected like i'm gonna throw my hair you know mm-hmm. uh but i'd like to have it in my face sometimes because it's like you know <laughs> a way to cope with the world just mm-hmm. be like i'm not gonna look at that part of the world yeah right now yeah, no, I, I probably often had like a little bit of it in front of my face, but then I would get annoyed with it and put it back. <laughs> uh, and so you've kept it long all these years. Yeah. And it has, it, obviously, I've seen you have it up for dance very effectively. I've never seen you injure anyone with a pin or seen you chase backstage by Dippity Two Moms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I've seen you have your hair down for modern dance stuff that's been super effective to have it, uh, have your hair do the dance with you to mm-hmm. flow and fly and all that stuff. So that's been really great. Um, have you always had the widow's peak? Yes. Uh, and, uh, I know I often tell you that I like your widow's peak. How do you feel about your widow's peak? I like my widow's peak. (laughs) Good. Good conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, do you feel like that is particularly Swedish? (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) I don't know either. I'll Google widow's peak plus Swedish (laughs) and see what kind of weird fan fiction I find. Have you ever... uh, I know that when you were dancing, that makes total sense that you need to leave it uh, long enough to pull up and you've you've had, you know, all sorts of different professional jobs where you've had to, you know, have, you know, you can have it down sometimes, but you can need to have it up for certain, you know, 
everything, no wispies, mm-hmm. <laughs> tidy and professional, neat. Um, but beyond that, have you had a desire to experiment? I ha- Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there have been times where I've really thought about um, chopping it. There have been times during the pandemic where I've been like, is this the time that I finally chop it all off? Um, no, I've certainly thought about it. I think, um, you know, and it's gone within in various lengths of right now it's it's very long um, for me, uh, kind of shoulder blades or so. But, you know, it's gone from shoulders. I think I've gone a little bit like just like brushing, brushing the top of the shoulders. But it's, I mean, you know, like that's my like four inches of play. Sounds exciting. Um, and it part here's part of it, honestly, is um, apologies if this is too much for anybody. I don't like to spend a lot of time doing my hair. Okay. Um, like in the morning. <laughs> and I have very straight hair, as I've mentioned too many times, that loves to be straight. Um, I did used to try to curl it sometimes. And, you know, it's just kind of like pointless because by an hour later it would all be straight again. Okay. And so... Um, and so as a result, I'm used to having very easy to deal with hair. And I know that and I acknowledge that and I appreciate that. Uh, but because of that, I don't have a lot of patience for like a style that would take a lot of styling and doing. Yeah. And so that has always been when I've gone to the hairstylist and have been like, oh, what about this? Like, well, you know, like you would need to do this, this and this every day. I'm like, OK, no. <laughs> and, you know, I've gotten to the point where I'm just really honest when i go to a hairstylist of kind of saying either just like do the same thing or you know i'd be open for some sort of change but i'm really not i don't do a lot of stuff to my hair and i'm not going to change that right so you just walk in and like four inches of play and that's (laughs) it you can adjust how you cut the like layers in the front have you ever uh well i well i don't i want to ask you about dyeing yeah i mean that's a, that's something that uh, people of our generation have done a lot has that ever ha- held an attraction for you so, so I had a weird, I will, I can call it weird, uh, for myself because I don't know what my, my hangup was. Like I was just absolutely certain that I needed to not dye my hair and I don't know why. Did you feel like you heard some cautionary tale in your youth about the person who dyed their hair and then it all fell out or what? I have no idea. And this was just in high school. Um, okay. but you know, a lot of friends were dyeing their hair and, and I think, um, you know, probably part of it was probably part of it was that I so often had shows, so it made it a little bit complicated, but not really. I mean, um, yeah, I don't I honestly don't know what that was about. But then I in my summer after my freshman year of college, um, I was doing uh, a show at, a, at an adventure park all summer and one of the other dancers, her sister or somebody was a hairstylist and so one day after all the shows she came over to the dressing room and like half of us got our hair highlighted by her so then i had highlights <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> cheater and it sounded like there should be more to that story than there was but there, nope so then i was like okay well here we go okay so that was your real there your thrill at the adventure park was uh, getting some highlights yeah how did you did you did that feel like you crossed over into a new reality was that like or was it just did just not have much of an impact or like well that was fun but it's not something that i need to make a part of my existence i really liked it um i was very concerned about i i had i told her to do things that would be like yeah you're not supposed to she kind of tried to tell me but i was adamant and 18 or whatever and tried and so she put too much on the roots and so like when it was growing out it was a really obvious line okay um and so but i just was like whatever i'll just let it grow out um and then since then i mean i've i've highlighted my hair many times since then but that was that was like okay i'm gonna go full out and it was some product that did not necessarily leave like subtle highlights okay <laughs> <laughs> they're very chunky slightly orangey you know like kind of the bad highlight job but i mean it worked but it was very much like there was no question that i had highlighted my hair okay and did you ever get any sort of comment or feedback on that um i mean i, th- I think i mainly got positive comments okay i feel like you've had in general and tell me if i'm wrong a a stress-free hair life 
for the most part. <laughs> I would say so, yeah. Uh, how do you feel about getting your hair cut at home? Is that something that you... Because that, that's, you know, the discussion going on in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. You have your, your four inches of play. <laughs> There's a possibility <laughs> at some point that I would, you know, be called into service to to do a light trim, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, does that fill you with dread? Is that exciting? How do you feel about the haircutting is normally something that we often leave up to a professional, uh, but many of us right now are just getting out the scissors and going crazy. Oh, so my mom on and off, like I, as an adult, don't live in this, you know, don't know and, and didn't in Minneapolis live in the same town as her, but she often cut my hair as an adult also. So like I would sometimes go to a hairstylist and sometimes, uh, you know, if I happened to be visiting my parents and needed a haircut, my mom would cut my hair. <laughs> and so I have, so I'm very used to at home haircuts okay. and I have trimmed my hair multiple times during the pandemic. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I forgot. I took a photo. Yeah, because one of the was... times I got confused and and made it a little bit more angled than I meant to. And actually, it looked really cool. I think it was <laughs> like when you like turned around and kind of got the hair all, you know, uh, uh, sort of in, in stasis, right? You mm-hmm. just kind of pushed it back in a way that nobody would ever just kind of look at it that way. Uh, and it had this great dramatic angle like you were in a comic <laughs> book. And I loved it. Uh, and I also, I thought it was great. It also is that kind of thing of like, if you stood perfectly still with your hair exactly combed, people would notice, but you never do. Right. You've got your, I think the biggest variety in your hair is you do have different ways of putting it up. Um, you have like many different, you know, uh, elaborate, you know, nice uh, <laughs> what, what, buns, uh, <laughs> uh, pony. Updoos. Updoos. <laughs> sounds very fancy for up-dos, what it is. Yeah. And then you, you also have your, Ugh, I just need to get something done. And you've got this very specific pattern. And I can tell just from watching you that it is the it is like tying a shoelace for me. That mm-hmm. it is your the there's no thinking through what the next step is. Your hands are just flying around. And it and then it ends up kind of on the top of your head and then sometimes with something in it. Like, you know, like a knitting needle or uh, a pen. Yeah. I, for a long time, tried so hard to be able to put my hair up consistently with like a pen or something. I, re- I think I'd spent too much time during high school classes trying to do that. Again, <laughs> see straight hair that wants to be down. Uh, it didn't okay. work very well. But, but but I think part of it is like, and it is true because I have tried to, my little bun thing that I have on right now, in fact, uh, I have tried to do it so it goes the other way. Um, and my hands are so used to it that the other hand can't figure out how to do it. When did you learn that? Was that a, the the process of just experimenting with how to flip your hair? Because it looks elaborate to me. It looks like a like if a cartoon character wraps an elegant bow. Like in there, you just see their hands moving really fast, and then pada, this thing is here. That's what it looks like to me. And then sometimes there's a knitting needle sticking out of it. <laughs> so did you learn to do that? Did you teach yourself? Or did you learn from someone? How did you learn this art? It's it's very easy. I think I learned by accident by getting my hair caught this way once. And it's like a lot of people do it. You know, it's just like for people who are hair people, you put it in a ponytail and then you don't, you half of it don't bring through and then the other half of it don't bring through. Okay. So it's, it's a very, it's not a like, this would not make it through, um, you know, a pirouette. Or Shani turns across the stage. Oh no! At all that but eating needle would come flying out. But it's very stable for like sitting. Yeah, because it is. It's when you're. It, this is this is what I think of. When, it's when you're uh, at the computer, <laughs> <laughs> uh, m- uh, making uh, dinner or like uh, knitting while watching television, and then there's sometimes a huh, and then a <laughs> and then it's up <laughs> and it's done and it's out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe my hair will get long enough that you can teach me how to do that. Sure. We, will, uh, we will find out with that. Uh, so when you don't get your hair cut at home, how do you feel about the haircut process? Uh, going out in the world and having uh, that very unique social interaction with uh, a stylist. Do you, have, do you look forward to that? Do you have anxiety about that? What's, what are your feelings about the, the stylist experience? Oh, so... I, I've had a variety of experiences, many very good, but I, I absolutely do have, um, some level of anxiety about it. And, and I do want to say that like often I'm like, I do want a little bit more of something right now. My hair is such a basic cut that I, 
it's very easy to cut. Like my hair cut does not take long. <laughs> if it takes long, somebody's not doing something right. Uh, but I've also had it go too fast and then do a horrible job of it. So it's not. Um, so I have I um, anyway, that's just an aside. Um, Asides are fine on, on podcasts. <laughs> what there are rules come on um i don't know you know there's a few so i haven't really over the years had like a specific a consistent hairstylist that i go to yeah um i'll more just go to like oh i need a haircut in this place is nearby or oh somebody recommended this place or you know back when i was younger like oh this i this place is new in you know this neighborhood and they sent me a thing so i'll go there um i've had some very good very fun conversations with people over the years and also because i don't go back to the same stylist it's always either i like kind of get to know you conversation or actually i've gone to somewhere they are it's a louder location so there just kind of isn't an expectation to talk what i know where is this magic place i think i give off a don't talk to me (laughs) because i see other people talking and they're like how are you make i'm good and then they just don't say anything else to me the entire time. Like, and I don't even mean to. I would be happy to chat. And sometimes I do chat, but for, I think sometimes I give a, off a, a don't talk to me vibe. Okay. How long do you, if you go to like a stylist like mm-hmm. type place that is, that's a little bit more like full service. We will do anything. We will, we will sit down and chat with you and we will basically redesign your head, like kind of like full style engage. Yeah. How long does it take that person, that stylist to do to just give you a basic trim? Um, I mean, those, if, if they're doing full styling and everything um, and drying it, because that's part of the styling of it, which I, I don't always get my hair dried, um, but probably 40 minutes. Really? Yeah. Even though it's just, I mean, it, it is pretty much just because it's pretty much just a trim, right? I mean, because your hair remains long. It does, but like the front is different and different people cut the front differently. Okay. And um, like I used to, when we lived in Minneapolis, I would go to the Aveda school. Right. Often. And so there it's a school. So, you know, they're learning and okay. they have to have their person come check. And um, so those would usually take about 40 minutes. So you get but through. But most of the time it's like 20. You get through 40, 20 to 40 minutes on, how are you? I'm fine. <laughs> No, the 40-minute ones, those are the ones where I've had good conversations. I just okay. don't go back to the same person more than once. That is pretty amazing. I have had such a roller coaster my whole life. The first stylist, not stylist, is you know, a barber, I remember just being condescending is the first conversation I remember. I think maybe I was like fifth grade. And I don't know. I think he had like his list of like kid questions he asked. Hmm. And I think he was like, what would you buy if you got five hundred dollars? <laughs> You'd be like five hundred action figures, please. No, because I had been. This is this is in that period I was talking about where I was doing math every week to figure out exactly how many comic books I could get and if I could afford the ones that I was, you know, collecting, mm-hmm. if, or if I had to leave one, you know, on the stand that that week. Uh, <laughs> I said. Uh, well, I would uh, put it in the bank so I could make some interest and try to get some more money w- with that. And he was like, well, look who's a little smarty bets because he was expecting me to be like, ah, candy and action figures. Not that I don't like both of those things. Uh, but it, and then he, he he got so mad at me because he thought I was just like being a little smarty pants. Like it wasn't a cute, fun interaction. It was oh. a little it was like, oh, you think you're smart, kid, huh? Ching, 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 you know. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> I got a lot of them. Uh, so that I've had a lot of good, um, good stylists for a long time. After a while, I realized that my hair is very fine and very weird. And I've had this encounter again and again with stylists where, like, I say, like, I basically just want what's here, but could you do this or that slightly different? They're like, yeah, 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 I get it. And then they get into the hair and like, your hair is weird. <laughs> Uh, so it's always weird to go into that new relationship of like, I've been through this. It's on my head. Yeah. I know what it is. And I, and I, I want to get your, you know, professional opinion. Um, but then I, 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 you know, found a, a stylist place that I went to for a long time in Minneapolis and, and that was great and that worked well and all those things. Uh, but it was sometimes the like, all right, I need to think ahead of time for the conversation topics. And I think like going to a stylist was my, were like my earliest podcasts 
<laughs> that just weren't recorded, you know, because it was like all the what are you doing? Uh, what are you watching? And, you know, assessing whether, you know, I should be really straightforward with the person about what I do, because sometimes the, you know, I do comedy or I'm a writer is sometimes, ooh, interesting. Other times it just it leads you down weird roads if people want to tell you, you know, knock, knock jokes and then say you can use that, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a dangerous thing. Or the, <laughs> uh, yeah, while while I'm cutting your hair, you tell me something funny to prove you're funny. Like it, there's lots of dark places that can go quickly. Mm-hmm. So you have to assess that. And then when we moved here to Los Angeles, man, that was rough because uh, I had gotten into a really good uh, rhythm with the uh, with the stylist. Uh, in fact, I remember that when we left Minneapolis, I had forgot to tell her and I called the place to make an appointment. And they're like, well, you know, where, where, when would you like to make your appointment? Because they just had my, you know, because they always ask your name and they mm-hmm. pull up your file. And like, I don't want to make an appointment. I just want to say, I like the haircut. I just moved to Los Angeles. <laughs> and they're like, uh, OK. I was like, I just want you to tell the stylist that because I don't want her to just think I stopped coming. Like, yeah. OK. Uh, so anyway. It's just such a weird relationship. Anyway, came here and then, uh, you know, my hair got to a place that I needed it cut. I went, I tried going to like a, I'm not going to say the name of a place, but like a a well-respected barber shop. And I had just been in the, in the stylist culture, like every once in a while. I mean, you know, uh, not to get into too many gender dynamics, but a lot of times I went, I would be one of two uh, young men out of, you know, 20, 30 people coming through while I was getting my hair cut for 40 minutes. Uh, and I was just, it was a culture shock that it was a little bit of the, I had gotten used to honestly being able to have back and forth, artistic, sensitive, creative conversations with the stylist of like, here's what I want and why I would like it to have this energy. It bothers me when it does this, or it has this kind of movement. Uh, and I'd gotten used to stylists doing that when I sat down the barber and was like, started to talk about like movement and energy and style and uh you know and they're just like you want it long in the front and short in the back right and just <laughs> the yes uh, they made me look like uh, uh, uh <laughs> I don't even want to say it it was not a good haircut uh yeah, yeah. there was it was uh, very uh very a little bit too buzzed and a little bit too long in the front and it looked like i had political opinions that i do not (laughs) put it that way they had a box Uh, for your hair (laughs) yes uh so then it was just a joy when i find found an actual stylist and then was able to be like let me tell you what i've been through (laughs) and it was really great Uh, i've had a couple different styles since then been able to you know really know that okay part of getting hair uh for me a part of my getting my haircut is having emotional energy for the conversation and to be ready to offer up things about myself and ask the stylist things about uh, them them, and remembering kind of the, uh, the, the cliffhangers from our lives that we left off the last time <laughs> I got my haircut so I could try to pick up where it was. And in fact, the last stylist, right, that I three, I think three haircuts, it was just great. We had like super real conversations about art and and the state of the world and you know having kind of uh balancing creative life with uh just needing to make money and uh you know the difference between the way people see you and the the kind of art that you want to make and all sorts of like actual deep great uh conversations and it's yet another thing that i have to shake my fist at the pandemic about because like i that was a great stylist relationship yeah yeah so I guess I had more to say about that than I thought. No, they're fa- they're fascinating. And it's so fascinating to me because I have commitment issues when it comes to Silas that it makes me want to be like, oh, but I, sh- I should try this. I should try more of a style and I should try having a stylist relationship. You, oh, I think if you're happy with your hair, you should be happy with your hair. <laughs> <laughs> what does mm mean? I, I mean, I think I do often uh, in the in the recent times think of like, oh, I should find some way to to change it up just a little bit. Okay, interesting. Uh, that, that is a very good segue to my next question, Yeah, which is about the balance between, uh, obviously, uh, hair is a thing that uh, that people have on their own heads. It's mm-hmm. theirs, uh, and they can express themselves with it however they want. So there's that balance of it's your hair, but then there are just, there are good, bad, or otherwise, there are cultural reactions, right? Uh, at different points in time, this kind of haircut is saying this, or this kind of haircut is associated with that. How much, for you, 
is your hair yours and it's physically comfortable and it makes you happy when you look in the mirror and how much do you think about your hair uh, uh, being something that other people are going to react to and perhaps even make assumptions about who you are based on it Mm, gosh i mean i think there might people might think that I should do more with my hair would be <laughs> one reaction for you know because there's a there's very much a hair culture of you know style your hair blow out your hair color your hair do all these things and you know some of them I do sometimes sometimes some of them I don't but I feel like there is very much a lot of people have opinions about what they think other people's hair should be yeah um at the same time I don't have uh you know I I don't have a super shortcut or a super distinctive cut um and and I would say that you know I have often worked in jobs where I did not feel like that would be appropriate yeah. um you know not just now but but throughout a lot of my professional life where I was like I need something you know something uh I don't know like having purple hair or something would probably not be something I've be able to pull off right um, is that something that you have any desire for yourself, though? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for a day. So here's the thing is over the years, I've gotten the chance, I, again, because I seem to only talk about hair as, in terms of shows, like I've gotten the chance to wear a lot of fabulous wigs. Okay. And if we had, um, if I had wigs and if my hair were not a beast to put under a wig, again, see long and straight, <laughs> uh, I really love that being able to like switch different personalities by totally transformations of hair. Okay. So this is, you would go full Moira from Schitt's Creek. Oh yeah. And just have a collection of, of moods that yeah. live on your head. I would love, I honestly would love that. Yeah. I had, I was in um, an opera once where they had beautiful wigs and for one of them, I was platinum blondes, corkscrew, corkscrew curls. And the other was like jet black super short super super short um like really severe cut and i love them both okay um so so that absolutely is is a thing that i would love i did used to um i haven't done it for a while but i i did used to sometimes um because i'd just be like eh, i want to try something different with my hair usually just for going to a party or something i would take my hair and put it in a ponytail and then flip it under so you couldn't see the ponytail and what that would do is basically look like i had a bob okay and uh, I did, you know, like would go to parties and people like, you cut your hair, Sarah. And be like, no, it's just under. But it, like, it was a fun way to. And I think that that was usually at times where like I just wasn't able to cut my hair because of other commitments. Yeah. Uh, of my hair. <laughs> oh, you know, that reminds me that the, uh, relatively recently, I think maybe when we did the wine episode mm-hmm. of the podcast, there's a picture of you I really like with a glass of wine and you've got mm-hmm. your hair swept over your shoulder in just the perfect way that it looks like it's a bob and like people who are uh, you know friends who listen to the podcast uh, reply back of like uh, enjoy the podcast great haircut sarah <laughs> she's I like that uh, it's it's her hair isn't cut at all and it's a photo from three years ago <laughs> i know after all that response is like oh, but it's get nice a haircut. for you so for you I, I really want to drill down on this yeah what does what how for you is a bob different if you went and did if you uh asked me and I learned and I gave you a great bob haircut here at home and you had a bob you were very happy about how would it change your energy how would it change your feeling to have a bob yeah I mean gosh I I mean bobs are fun (laughs) I would would make you feel bouncy and, and energetic do you think so here's the thing is I think sometimes it would but part of what I when I have a bob with my hair long, and so therefore it has fullness because there's hair underneath it making it do the things, then I'm like, ooh, I like this. But when my hair is short, it just plasters itself to my face. And then part of the reason why I always keep my hair long enough to be able to put it in a ponytail is because I get tired of having my fa- my hair around me and I do the thing that you're talking about earlier and I'm just like, ah, I need it off my face. Okay. And so I, I mean, I would may probably find other ways to get it off my face, but I just sometimes just need it gone (laughs) (laughs) understandably so what do you feel like a bob would say to the world what do you feel like um in any i want to make this really clear i'm not saying that people should decide what their hair is based on how the world reacts but Mm -hmm. you know it's a reality that people do 
have opinions and I think some of us are great at saying I don't give a damn my hair is or my clothes or whatever my thing is my thing and they yeah. and they don't care and that's I think that's great but uh, I think there is also a reality that you know some of us feel a little bit more have a harder time getting out of that headspace yeah and are aware that when somebody looks at me they're they're they might be putting me in a certain box because of my hair yeah if you if you went to work with a bob how would that how would how would work bob make you feel <laughs> versus home bob <laughs> um wow it's a great question i just don't really have a good answer for it um i think i mean a bob is not like it's, this is not like asking you if you suddenly went to your uh, your job with a mohawk <laughs> right right of course um yeah i mean i guess i i feel like i would hope that i liked it because it would take a long time to grow <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't, gosh. Yeah. I think I don't have a strong opinion. I, I don't, I don't know what it would yeah, say. Yeah. Okay. I th- yeah. And I, and maybe, and I don't mean to project. I am, I am, I am fishing. And if the answer is there are no fish in this particular question pond, I'm fine with that. Cause I, I think for me, I, you know, I, I have gone through times in my life where I, I am very aware of what the world thinks about my hair. Mm-hmm. Like when I was really young, it, you know, kind of like when you were saying like bowl cut, age you know my hair is is very fine and unless i work with it it will just fall down and like i remember the there was a time where i was getting teased for it when i was like in grade school and remember my mom giving me the like speech of like your hair it looks a little like the beatles and you know everybody uh, the kids my age when i was a kid everybody would have killed for your hair (laughs) i remember thinking great i like the beatles but it's not then. <laughs> and that's not what people people aren't going like thumbs up, Ringo. Like it's like it was well intentioned for my mother, but it you know yeah it was affect other people's outward opinions. You know were affecting me, mm-hmm. and I've had like both the good and the bad of that. When I've had you know a hair that I'm happy with and that people think uh, looks well on me because I have made the choice to be uh to try to be a performer and put myself out there in, in public spaces and, and take selfies and put it on you know i've made that choice mm-hmm. and i've made a a situation in which people <laughs> do uh f- feel free to tell me what i look like and what they think they uh <laughs> some uh sometimes good sometimes bad i personally don't think i look like uh, uh clippy the microsoft office assistant although somebody on <laughs> social media told me I, that that's what i look like once i don't know if that has to do with my hair i don't know what that one was yeah. about that one will always be a mystery uh so i think i so i don't mean to project i think for me it is maybe a I, since I have gone on like uh, over my life an emotional roller coaster of getting both sort of negative and positive reception and, and knowing that, well, I want my hair to be my hair. I want it to be physically comfortable. When I look in the mirror, I want it to be happy with it. I want it to feel like I feel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what it is. And I think, you know, and I think I feel up that way about sort of all of the, the things that I choose for myself in terms of appearance, you know, things I can choose of you know clothing and hairstyle and you know sunglasses i want to choose something that like when i look in the mirror it makes me happy and unless i'm accidentally you know projecting <laughs> association with some a group that i don't agree with mm-hmm. then i want it for the most part just let it go what other people think but then but i think i've had experiences where i am really aware of what other people think yeah yeah and i i think i've certainly have had those experiences throughout my life both very good and you know for the most part for having a not super painful hair journey uh but i've certainly had times where people have made assumptions about me that were not correct and have had judgment yeah negative and positive but i don't but i feel like right now i'm not really in that place and i feel like as long as it looks tidy <laughs> <laughs> this is a neat family household right um you know or or whatever i need it to for the for the moment I, here's honestly, I I love the idea of having short hair again, trying it. Um, but I like the flexibility that I can have with longer hair. Yeah, and I so I think that like I've gotten so close to cutting my hair so many times. You have brought it up, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's but then I get pulled back from it. So one of these days, yeah, one of these days I will. If you had like a just a magic wand where you could just do entirely different hairstyles, you didn't even have to do go through the work of the wig, but just mm-hmm. like on Tuesday, Tuesday could be a Bob day if you felt like it. Yeah. And honestly, Saturday could be a Mohawk day if you felt like it. And then Sunday could be back to your traditional. Yeah. Uh, 
what kind of what kind of stuff might you experiment with if there, if Ooh. you if there wasn't any commitment if it was yeah. you can just magically switch it back the next day yeah well i like both of your suggestions so far <laughs> um and yeah i mean i think i would experiment with you know super short um medium bob <laughs> I mean, I I, see. Here's the thing: is like I just don't even because I've had long hair. I don't even have the words for it. Like I would, I would experiment with like an asymmetrical cut. Oh, which would have to be shorter because that's why I feel like my accidental asymmetrical cut earlier in the pandemic didn't quite work. Because not only did I have to stand very still, it wasn't dramatic enough to be intentional. Yeah, (laughs) and I feel like it works better when it's shorter, so you can see it. Okay. Did you ever, I, I forgot about this. The, wasn't the Rachel the big haircut thing because of friends? Oh, totally. Did you have or want uh, the Rachel? I had a version of the Rachel. Okay. Um, I don't think mine was quite as layered, but but yeah, no, I, I absolutely had a version of the Rachel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would you would you still do that today if you could do a magic wand and, and have a Rachel day? Uh, if I could do Jennifer Aniston's current hair, yeah, <laughs> totally. Fair enough. Uh, and if you could have living hair, like the <laughs> Marvel superhero Medusa, uh-huh. uh huh, just it you know it stretches out and it grabs things and it can punch people and stuff. Yeah, would you want to have living hair that could uh grab things for you? Oh, so tempting. What does it look like when it's not actively grabbing? Just really big and long and powerful. Yep, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> It doesn't look like it has eyes or things, you know, like it just, no, 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 it no. helps me when needed, but otherwise it's just there. Yeah. It's very flowing wow. and organic. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. And now that my hair is longer, I would definitely like it. Yeah. Could you, uh, you know, <laughs> do, do a little bit of work, uh, pick up that cord for me. Come on. Yeah. It's not right? quite that long, but you know what I mean? I'm, I'm thirsty. Bring that glass of water up to my face. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I, I don't <laughs> know if I'd trust my hair with a martini, but I would think about it. Uh, my final question for you is uh, if this pandemic uh, keeps going on as, as long as we think it will, and it's going to be a little while before uh, stylists uh, are going to be, I think, a you know a, a thing that uh, happens here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. uh, can I borrow some of your hair binders? Totally. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Do you have any final thoughts on the general topic of hair? So I had an interesting experience earlier in the pandemic that um, I... It was a temporary dye, so I knew it wasn't going to last long, but I dyed my hair ever so lightly red. Oh, that's um, right. kind of strawberry blonde. And actually, here's the thing is, so my mom is strawberry blonde and always has been. So I think I always kind of was like, but what about the fact that half my family is redheads, but not me? Um, so kind of like that has been my pull more than other directions. Okay. Um, but because my hair is the color it is, unless you go really dark, it's hard to notice. So that's why it. It wasn't super noticeable, uh, but it. So I dyed it subtly, uh, kind of strawberry blonde reddish, and um, nobody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're not seeing that many well, I'm not people, people, right? Um, but I, but we did post pictures during that time, and and it. But here's the thing: is it was subtle. I actually really liked it because it was so subtle, and it made me happy. Yeah. Uh, but like even on work meetings like i have zoom meetings every single day um and who knows for zoom maybe you can't tell um and i think at that point i was going into work sometimes but nobody noticed uh so i've decided that i need to do it again but a little bit more uh distinct this time yeah yeah well i'm extremely happy that you were happy with the experiment yeah yeah and i you know that i support you doing whatever you want with your hair because it is your hair (laughs) and as long as it makes you happy that's uh that's the thing that matters uh but it is fascinating to uh the thing that you said at the very top of the podcast about people having different opinions about what your hair is and to me it's Mm -hmm. just it's it's blonde it's uh, it's a darker blonde and then when the sun or light catches it it's this kind of magic darker blonde that like then just sparkles under the light and it's uh, i think it's very beautiful wow thank you thank you i appreciate you appreciating that (laughs) (laughs) uh would you like to make a noise to sum up uh hair (laughs) (laughs) that's good a nice flick Mm -hmm. uh do you think you are obsessed with hair in any way 
(laughs) (laughs) I mean, with the amount that I touch and deal with my hair and also pick up my hair uh, shreds, shreds. (laughs) I wish Uh, my hair sheds a lot. So uh, I think I am by necessity obsessed with hair. Yeah. um, But in terms of thinking about it a lot, no. I mean, I think I, I, I would say mildly obsessed. Okay. Okay, but I mean, it, it's not like you're choosing to be obsessed with it. It's it's on your hair, and then sometimes other places yeah. <laughs> in our apartment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's everywhere. But I mean, I think I think I so I do think about what are ways that I could change it without changing it too much. Okay, a fair amount, and like when I get something in my head, like this, dyeing it slightly red because I've always gone blonder. Yeah. Um and. Because I think I was kind of worried I would accidentally be like fire engine red. Yeah. <laughs> and then to have it be like, nope, <laughs> nobody even noticed. It's like, oh, okay, well, I can do that again. Um, and so things like that, I think, are kind of, it's the type of thing that's often in the back of my mind, but it's not very often in the front of my mind. Okay. That makes sense. I'm back of the mind obsessed. <laughs> Which is really funny when you literally have your hair piled up <laughs> toward the back of your head. It's very, very literal. Uh, so what? where would you rate yourself on a scale of one to ten? Um, a three, a four. Okay, somewhere in there. Nice, nice. How about you? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna say seven ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. Because it's you know I, I there I have had many I've had many good times with my hair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when when I had it longer in the '90s, it was because that was. An aesthetic that meant something to me. I was, you know, really into rock and roll. I was playing drums in in a rock and roll band, and I and I wanted it long because it it had meaning to me. You know, uh, it, it was a little bit more still countercultury to me, uh, and that was kind of an, an expression of being an artistic person and mm-hmm. being, you know, in my mind at that time different. Um, when I d- eventually did, you know, decide to cut it shorter, it was it partially came out of getting really into uh Sinatra and in kind of older world aesthetics and I wanted uh, that kind of uh hair um and and when I did get it cut I asked to, to try to get it cut close to Bobby Briggs and Twin Peaks so <laughs> it had some uh, specific connotations there and you know in the last oof, decade or or so I've just I've really enjoyed it being neat being tidy in uh, it, 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 I think it feels like an expression of uh of of who who i like being mm-hmm. there's been shows too where it's like my hair never wanted to to obey a basic hairspray so it was a long tradition for like sketch comedy and improv comedy of uh my hair was i would generally leave it a little longer in the front and i would spray it down and by the end of the show it was wild and that felt right to me i like shows mm-hmm. that you you like you start with the show basically under control and then by the end of the show everything's crazy yeah uh, and and i liked it my hair reflected that so i think i i obviously have thought a lot <laughs> uh about what it what it really truly means what it looks like what it feels like but what it reflects for me mm-hmm. and sometimes what it reflects to to people who see it so yeah i think that's fairly i don't i don't spend a lot of time thinking about it on a day-to-day basis basis but i think about it in these kind of like what are the chapters of my life mm, yeah yeah, so yeah, that makes sense. I'll give myself a seven. I think that's, I think that's fair. fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, the whole reason I wanted to do this is because I'm uh, obsessed with going on a hair journey that I neither expected nor planned. <laughs> and we'll see where it goes. Uh, we're going to do some quick plugs uh, before our final questions. So where can you be found on social media and people can maybe see selfies of your hair? Yeah, you, well, you won't see many selfies of my hair, but you can find me on Instagram at Scream Street. <laughs> no hair for you <laughs> i mean maybe uh excellent here are the, the plugs for the show you can follow uh, uh me on twitter and instagram as at joseph scrimshaw you can follow obsessed podcast on twitter and facebook as at obsessed podcast you can also check out the star wars podcast i co-host that is called four center for info on all my upcoming shows might be doing some more online shows and uh, comedy albums you can check out my website at joseph you can also su- support Obsessed by backing us on Patreon. Full info on that, go to patreon.com slash josephscrimshaw. All right, here are our final questions. If we had a replicator, like in Star Trek, what food would you have for dinner the most? Oh, wow. Sorry. I, uh, so my instant answer. <laughs> were, you th- I, were you thinking about hair? 
<laughs> I was not. Okay. You said food, and my instant answer was crusty bread. Okay. But I had that before you said dinner, uh, and I wouldn't just have crusty bread for dinner. So maybe bread and some fruit and some cheese. <laughs> crusty bread and fruit and cheese. Mm-hmm. You you are a very healthy and very basic eater. You would use a replicator <laughs> like oh, uh, what uh, a fancy Parisian person, right? Like I don't need. I just. Some crusty bread and some brie, right? That's all you need. Some grapes on the side. Some grapes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we could do an episode of this podcast where you and I interviewed either a talking dog or a talking cat, which would you choose? Oh, wow. Gosh, I can't do both. <laughs> <In the, laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to bring the hammer down and say for this <laughs> utterly made up question, no, you can't do both. Oh, I mean, I just feel like either way, I'm going to offend a lot of people. <laughs> um well which do don't don't worry about other people which would you want to do an interview with a, that, a dog or a cat so i feel like can i talk through this yes i know these are supposed to be short answers <laughs> <laughs> no let's talk through your your feelings so i feel like you know cats often sit around and observe so they right. might have a lot of really fascinating questions right but dogs also would be really good on a podcast because they often respond right away. So there wouldn't be like big legs. But I don't know. Is it going to be a, a lot of introspection? Is it going to be a lot of like quick, thoughtful? I, Gosh, 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 gosh. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with the cat. Okay. Uh, in Is that because you think that the cat would make a more intriguing guess because it would have more droll observations about the state of the world? Or are you just more intrigued by the mind of a cat? I guess those are the same thing. I think, honestly, I'm more intrigued by the mind of a dog. So I'm just... <laughs> uh, I was just thinking like... Like a cat that just sits in the window, I want, and I want to interview them about being obsessed with staring out the window. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. All right. The dog's going to have to wait. Final answer, cat. Obsessed with staring out the window with a cat. Uh, Maybe we'll do that uh, podcast and one of us can just pretend to be the cat. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's the whole podcast right there. Final question is, what is happiness? What is happiness this week? (laughs) Oh, God. Well, that, yeah, sorry about that. I meant because I ask you every week. Yeah. What is happiness yes, this no, week? Yes, no, no. I, I, uh, I would say happiness is having your hair the way you want it or a way you can deal with for now uh, while, <laughs> <laughs> while enjoying some delicious food and maybe finding a moment to look up and see a cloud or a rainbow <laughs> Or a detailed architecture on a building that you hadn't noticed before. Something that brings a smile to your face. That is a, a great, <laughs> great answer. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone. That is our podcast. You've been listening to Obsessed. Joseph Scrimshaw and his guest shared some stories with the rest. Rate five stars if you're impressed. Okay, we haven't talked about this. I'm just going to ask you, and I just want you to say the first thing that comes to your mind. If a dog was on the podcast and I asked them, hey, dog, how are you? How do you think the dog would respond? 